Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. Oh, I... What was that last night? <laughs> what was that? Okay, so let me just give you some background. Huh. I'm sitting there and I'm packing for... I'm, I'm filling in for Hannity tonight yeah. on Fox 9 p.m. Uh-huh. Uh, please watch. Thank you very much. You guys and ladies are the best. Appreciate it. I'll get to that a little bit later. But I'm packing for the trip and my phone starts blowing up with viewers, listeners, downloaders, YouTube watchers of my show. Wow. What just happened on Martha McCallum's <laughs> show on Fox? I don't want to leave you hanging. Some of you may have missed it. Those who didn't know exactly what I'm talking about. One of the craziest interviews I've ever seen. I had to throw the whole show out. I had the show done because I record early the days I leave uh, to do Sean. (laughs) I had to throw the whole show out and start over. Welcome to the Dan Bongino Show. Producer Joe, how are you today? Um, Wow, man. It's uh, it's, uh, Friday. Wow, man. (laughs) Yeah, Joe doesn't know what to do because I sent him these video clips from the interview to cut, and he was like, What the hell just happened last night? What is that? Exactly. You know, geez. Don't worry. Take it easy. I just explained to Joe what's going on. I've got background on this story that goes back months now. So everybody just stand stand easy, as they used to say in the police academy. I will explain to you what's going on. All right, let's get to it. Today's show brought to you by my buddy at My Patriot (laughs) Supply. Listen, preparedness matters, right? You ensure everything in your life that matters. Your car, your teeth through dental insurance, your health, your, your house. These things matter. You insure them so you're not left without them in a, in a disaster. Why would you not insure your food supply? It's only the most important thing to keep you alive. <laughs> Folks, preparedness matters. When you hear the word prepper, what comes to mind? Well, it probably isn't good because Hollywood elite is like, prepper, preparedness, we don't need any of that. Yeah, good luck in the event of an emergency. Right. I'm here to tell you there's nothing crazy about being prepared. I'm prepared. Joe's prepared. We prepare at my Patriot Supply. What's the last time an earthquake gave you warning? Or a tornado asked for permission. Or a power outage made an appointment. If it did, it wouldn't be an outage. They'd know and they'd prevent the outage. Did you ever notice what happens when the weatherman reports a hurricane approaching? I did. I live in Florida. They clean out the store shelves. Prepare in advance. Wow, man. People should, solid, smart people prepare, okay? Thankfully, preparedness has evolved and leading the way are the good people at My Patriot Supply. From emergency food storage to water filtration to survival essentials, My Patriot Supply stacks the items you need in a disaster to get ahead of the curve and ahead of the mob storming the, the food stores uh, to get the food off the shelves. We've all been caught off guard by life's unforeseen challenges. Don't let that happen again. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com or if you want to support the show, go to PrepareWithDan.com. That's PrepareWithDan.com. PrepareWithDan.com. Pick up your supplies at My Patriot Supply, including food supplies that last 25 years in storage. Get an emergency food supply plan today. All right, let's go. Wow, man. Bells. Wow. Way off on that one. Oh. Yes. All right. So again, as I told you last night, I'm packing and emails start piling, including from <laughs> friends of mine, old police officer, friend of mine named Bill. Right. What just happened on Fox? Let me give you the background. So last night, Martha McCallum had a 22 minute interview, which is, by the way, Woo! I do Fox all the time. As you know, I work there is unprecedented in prime time. Usually there's a commercial break before that, or at least there's yeah. a couple segments. 22 minute interview. For those of you interested in the entire interview, it'll be up at the show notes today. Day. It is the first link at Bongino.com. If you subscribe to my email list, you'll get it in your email box. Watch the whole thing. There was an interview with the former CEO who's now left of the company Overstock. Many of you have heard of it. Uh, the guy's name is Patrick Byrne. Yeah. Now, full disclosure, I'm aware of this story. I've been working with, without giving people up with someone who knows someone. I've been familiar with the story for a while. It's not me puffing my chest. I'm just disclosing this so there's no ambiguity about what I'm getting at. Right. I've I've known about this guy for a long time. I will say in advance, despite the um because I, I don't want to knock him. This is not meant to be a, a a dig. But despite the haphazardness of the interview, not Martha's fault, but he jumps all over the place. I believe this guy to be credible. Okay. What are his allegations? His allegations are that he was a central figure in a spying operation, notably Spygate, yeah. on the Trump campaign, the Rubio campaign, um, and also uh, the Cruz campaign and the Clinton campaign. In other words, that the FBI was using him to gather information. Everybody clear? Yeah, man. 
He is claiming that he was in law enforcement parlance, basically a confidential human source, a CHS uh, for the FBI spying on political campaigns. I'm telling you in advance, everybody I know who knows him and has contacted me has told me that his story is credible. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm just putting that out there because even some of my own sources I've asked to evaluate it are kind of like, eh, I don't know, he's all over the place. I, I, took, I just think that's a natural... I took him as credible. You, I mean, I know I was cutting up a little bit. I'm sorry. Yeah, I took yeah. him as credible, by the way. No, well, you had yeah. said to me before the show it's, that, he, you yeah. know, he, he says at one point like he's a hippie and, and yeah. that may just be a reflection right. of his natural um, eccentric nature that yeah. he jumps all over the place, but I don't think it's a reflection on him lying at all. Copy. And I'm telling you, my sources seem to think he's credible. There are a ton of takeaways from this interview. Yeah, Remember, keep in mind, he's claiming he was a confidential source for the FBI, an intermediary where they were spying on Cruz, Rubio, Trump, and Hillary Clinton. It's a bizarre story. I'm going to hit two of the takeaways. Uh, first, this is a, again, it's a 22-minute interview. You can watch the whole thing in my show notes. Here's the first clip of him talking about FBI efforts to obtain information on Hillary. Um, based on what I know, and I could be wrong, but I don't think so. I think he's got the story a little wrong. I think he's just explaining it wrong. Check this out more when we get back. Check this clip out. Some of it uh, involved this young lady, Maria Butina, uh, who came here. Uh, so, uh, so some of it involved her. Okay. Some of it involves sealing up Hillary Clinton uh, for what looked like in uh, looked like law enforcement was actually setting her up to be blackmailed. Uh, I helped set uh, them set up Hillary Clinton to be blackmailed. What was the nature of the blackmail? Can't go into it. And so I've already. I'm sure there's a bunch of people in Washington who are going to rip me apart. <laughs> What? <laughs> now you see why yeah. my phone blew up last night. Yeah. Now, and, and by the way, hat tip to Martha. You know, I, I do Martha's show once in a while. We can disagree on the air on things. Sometimes we agree. She's, but she's on the news side. She doesn't do like opinion type journalism. She's on the news side. But she let him talk. And it was a really terrific interview because she didn't. She just let him go. Yeah. You can see he's kind of, this is the, the whole interview goes this way. He kind of mm -hmm. jumps from one topic to the next, but he doesn't tie it together. Now, if you listen there, you're like, wait, the FBI was trying to blackmail Hillary Clinton. Um, that's not how I understand this case here. And Patrick, you're willing to reach out and correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think I am. I think what he's really getting at is the FBI was seeking information on the Russians trying to blackmail Hillary Clinton. Here's what I mean. And folks, forgive me, but Paula, how many emails did we get on this last night? Uh, yeah, I mean, like <laughs> up there with my death penalty show, this may be the most emails we've ever gotten in a less than 24 hour period. People asking me to translate what happened last night. <laughs> All right. First, he mentions Maria Butina. You have to be clear on who Maria Butina is. If you go back and rewind the clip, you'll see she's the redheaded woman who has been prosecuted by the United States government for not a, not disclosing her ties to the Russian government. Christopher Steele and the information that came in that was used to spy on Trump, one of the tenets of the information alleging Trump was colluding with the Russians was that the NRA, the National Rifle Association, was being used as a conduit to funnel money from key Russians into the Trump campaign. Follow me, Joe. Uh -huh. I need you to step up here, okay? <laughs> That's a wild one. One of yeah. the allegations behind the collusion right. scandal is key Russians trying to influence the U.S. election who can't donate, you're prohibited, foreigners cannot donate directly to a presidential campaign. Are we clear on yeah, that? Copy. So one of the allegations is key Russians with connections to Russian intel and otherwise were funneling money into the NRA. The NRA then could then launder the money and donate it to Trump. Okay. The charges are not true, folks. Again, I'm not suggesting they're, they're false. They've already been discredited. I'm just telling you what one of the pillars of Trump collusion was. Okay. Laundered campaign funds through the NRA. Butina had some connections to figures in the NRA because huh. she was a gun rights activist who, well, claimed to be in many respects um, and had some of these NRA figures over to Russia. All right. Now, when you, again, the charges have been discredited and debunked. 
She was not arrested for, uh, you know, um, campaign violations. She was arrested for not being honest about some of her disclosures to the Russian government. I've never met Maria Butina. I disclosure again. I worked at NRA TV. Um, I have no idea who Maria Butina is. Uh, listen, what did she say? Cross my heart, hope to die. I've never met the woman in my life. I worked at NRA TV, not the NRA. That's not the same thing. I just want to get that out there. Yeah. It's a completely separate entity. I did not work for the NRA, um, but I want everybody to understand that because unlike the left, I'm actually honest about what you know I'm, I'm putting out there. All right. The charges were debunked. What I think Byrne is getting at here is clearly the FBI, given Butina's connections to key NRA figures, thought that Butina could be a source of information if Byrne worked her to expose this collusion scandal, but could also be a source of information on if the Russians had Hillary's emails. Uh, Joe, please tell me. To, can can you hit me with that, that again that, a little that, slower? Just, yeah, I, yeah, I, okay, I, I got you. I, I know that's a little. Yeah, thanks, bro. Yeah, I, I get it. So remember, the FBI in the early stages of this Russian collusion investigation, I believe, thinks there may be merit to this story that Trump's colluding with the Russians. And they know it's false by January of 2017, and they keep running with it anyway. Man, I'm not trying to, like, cover for the FBI. Yeah. But I am suggesting to you here that in the beginning, I believe some of them think there may be something to this story. So in that, the, the general story is this. The Russians have Hillary's emails. The Hillary emails and the DNC emails are bad. Remember the whole Mifsud Russian dirt story? Mm -hmm. So the story, Russians have Hillary emails and DNC emails. They try to get them to the Trump team. The Trump team will put them out in public to ruin Hillary's chances. Okay. Therefore, Trump worked with the Russians to hurt Hillary. Now, the other part of that is the Russians are also trying to help Trump by getting him money. They can't donate. They donate to the NRA, which gives the money to Trump. Okey Both dokes. stories completely discredited and debunked. Okie dokes. Butina... I think the FBI believes Butina, who this guy burned, I, maybe I should have said this in advance, has a romantic relationship with Butina. They, he met at, what was it, um, some Liberty Festival or something like that? I think it's the same one I did in Las Vegas um, a couple of years ago. Butina, Byrne knows Butina. So Byrne has a pre-existing relationship with the FBI where he was working another case. Mm. The FBI approaches Byrne and basically says, hey, can you help us out with Butina? I think that's where he's going with the Hillary thing and kind of gets the story back. All right. Do you get what I'm saying? In other right, words, that's better. hey, let me just put myself in the FBI agency. Right. The FBI agent approaches Byrne. Hey, Patrick, you, we've worked with you before on that Wall Street case. I know you have a relationship with this uh, redheaded woman, Maria Butina. We think she may be connected with the Russians. Burns probably like, wait, what? I met her at a Liberty conference. I don't know anything about the Russians. Well, we think she may be the key figure in a scandal to influence our election. What scandal? Well, we think she may know something about money being laundered through the NRA. She knows people at the NRA to influence the election. And we think she may know a little bit about the Russian efforts to work with the Trump team to, to influence the election by getting Hillary's emails out. Do you know anything about Hillary? I think that's what he's getting at. Okay. Because I got an email from a police officer friend of mine saying, well, what do you mean he was trying to blackmail Hillary? I don't think that's what he was saying. Okay, so I know that's a little confusing, maybe a bit opaque, but there's that's what I think is going on. The FBI used him because they knew him before. I got, yeah. We're, okay, the second yeah, takeaway. Thanks, thanks. Yeah, this I know. Was, he was, and he's a little scattered. Yeah. That's why it, you know, I got so many emails on it. There's just another takeaway. This, I believe, is damning. This one's a little shorter, but this is him at the end of the interview at about the 16-minute mark. Again, if you want to watch the whole thing, where he talks about the FBI sitting on information, waiting for this grenade to explode. Check this out. I could have told you in December 2015, which I will note is seven months before the official start of the investigation, right. that I had already picked up. I was already hypothesizing this is starting to seem like they're just deliberately letting this grenade develop on the Republicans. Are they just going to pull the pin on it someday? Folks, that little snippet is the most explosive portion of the interview. It knocks down a couple of FBI narratives. He's suggesting that the story about the July 31st start date of the investigation against Trump may not, in fact, be accurate, which we know it isn't. 
that the FBI may have been compiling and spying on the Trump team earlier than they have publicly stated, which is devastating because it means they lied. Secondly, what I think he's getting at as well is a couple of points. Number one, if the FBI, this guy's not a stupid guy. This guy was the CEO of Overstock. He's very bright. Yeah. A little scattered, but bright. I think what he's suggesting is kind of the tenet of book number two that I wrote is if the FBI thought that the Russians were trying to infiltrate Republican campaigns, Cruz, Rubio, and Trump, why did they sit on the, quote, grenade? In other words, Joe, very simply, why not just warn the Trump campaign? Like the Bush administration and the former FBI did the McCain campaign back when he was running against Obama. Because, folks, the Obama administration wasn't interested in preventing Russian collusion in the campaign. They were fostering it. That's takeaway number one. Do you get that from what he's saying there? Easy That's what peasy. I take away from easy it. Easy peasy. Got it. Easy as easy as apple pie. Why not? He says, why are they sitting on this grenade? Right. Just warn the team. He seemed confused by it. Secondly. Another takeaway from this that may be a little more nuanced, but again, based on my history with people who know this individual, who again, I've been told is very credible. Don't let the scattered nature of the interview fool you. There is another takeaway from this, ladies and gentlemen. The NRA money laundering story with Butina. In other words, that it's false. Again, I can't say that enough. Russians giving money to the NRA to give to the Trump team because they can't give the money direct. Butina knows people at the NRA. She's in multiple photos with them. I believe what happened here is they had been working this angle a lot earlier than they're willing to acknowledge. Mm. And the problem, Joe, is the story was false. <laughs> so as Byrne, who has a rela- the, the guy you see, who has this romantic relationship with Butina, is working with the FBI, feeding information he's getting from Butina back to the FBI... The information is not that the Russians are filtering money through the NRA because the story was false. So my problem with this second fold is if you think the Russians are colluding, warn them. But number two, if you got exculpatory information that the story is false and that Putin is not confirming your story about this, in other words, giving you exculpatory information, why did they continue to investigate? The answer is obvious. Because they weren't doing a criminal investigation. They were doing a political hit job. They didn't want to shut down the investigation, despite the fact that the evidence was contradictory. Does that make sense? Yeah, I mean, that last cut was, was him sniffing this out. He, he, he was picking it up. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Saying they sat on this grenade. Why? Yeah. Because they wanted to detonate it right before the election, wow. which they did when they leaked to multiple news outlets that Trump was being investigated for Russian collusion. It never happened. Folks, this guy Byrne was all over yesterday. I'll I'll have more of it on Monday when I filter through it. I'm waiting to hear back from someone. Um, But again, this is, I I can't emphasize to you enough, people I know who know me, um, he's, this is a credible guy. He's not making this story up. Mm -hmm. I think he's just telling it in a scattered fashion. So there's your translation. The takeaways, I don't believe Hillary was being blackmailed. I think they were seeking information being used to blackmail Hillary. In other words, did the Russians really have Hillary's emails and were they giving them to the Trump team? That's the blackmail portion. Secondly, why were they not warned? Burns seems openly wondering that. Why were they not warned about this Russian collusion, if that's what you thought? And also, if Butina had no evidence backing up this NRA claim, why the NRA, why the FBI continue to investigate? Because the investigation was a political hit job, not a criminal investigative or a counterintelligence matter. It's as simple as that. All right. Yeah, man. Man, I hope that answers a lot of your questions. Email us feedback. I promise you we'll get to more. I know a little more here than I'm letting on, but out of respect for some people, I I have to hold some stuff back, folks. It's, you know, if you asked me to not share something, I'd respect my my listeners' wishes as well. That's not what we do here. Um, All right. Today's show also brought to you by buddies at Brickhouse Nutrition. Ladies and gentlemen, Listen, I can't say to you enough. This is the finest nutrition supplement on the market. If you're not taking it, you're not performing your best. It's as simple as that. It's called Foundation. Here's a bottle of it right here for you audio listeners. Shaking that right there. You like that? Foundation. 
Good stuff. Yeah. Great stuff. Matter of fact, the best stuff. What is it? It is a creatine ATP blend. This stuff will, it, it, it'll do a couple things for you. It'll make you look better. It'll make you perform better in the gym. No question about it. Creatine is like having an extra gas tank in the gym. In the gym, It works through that whole phosphagen system. It's a long, complicated biochemical pathway. But I got to tell you, a lot of nutrition supplements, unfortunately, ladies and gentlemen, are garbage. Creatine has a track record of proven success that is insurmountable in the nutrition supplement field. They mixed it with ATP for, it's like having two extra gas tanks in the gym. All I ask about foundation is this, okay? Go look in the mirror. Take a mental snapshot of what you look like, okay? Ah! Come back seven days later because it takes about five, seven days to load and then look at yourself again. You're going to look better. You're going to perform better in the gym too. You're going to be stronger. This is really, really good stuff. I love it. My whole family takes it. Go to BrickHouseNutrition.com slash Dan. That's BrickHouseNutrition.com slash Dan. Pick up your bottle of foundation today. It is the finest nutrition supplement I've ever taken. I would, I'm telling you, I wouldn't look like this without it. I'd look a whole lot worse. I love this stuff. BrickHouseNutrition.com slash Dan. You may say, look like that. Trust me, I would be in really a lot worse shape without BrickHouse Nutrition. I'm falling apart. I rely on this stuff. BrickHouseNutrition.com slash Dan. Pick up foundation today. Amen. All right, moving on. Story number two. The deuce. Folks, something's bothering me and is on my mind, and I need to get this off my chest. I tweeted about it yesterday. It got picked up by a number of uh, right-leaning news outlets. Um, I got an overwhelmingly positive feedback, but some negative feedback as well. Some people thought I was being a, a kind of a naysayer about the 2020 election. I'm not. I was in the gym yesterday, and a friend of mine who listens to the show, give him a little shout-out. I can't say his name, but you know who you are. Um, came up to me. I was doing the glued ham machine working those hamstrings out at the end of my workout. And he's like, what do you think of 2020, man? It's going to be a landslide. Ladies and gentlemen, this is like the 10,000th time. All right, a little bit of hyperbole, but I go to airports. Everybody tells me this. A landslide for Trump. You may say, well, damn, what's the problem? Uh, folks, I don't know who's telling you there's going to be a landslide, but I'm here to tell you as a Trump supporter, I think he has been a fantastic conservative president. I don't agree on everything. I think that's obvious. But I think he has been the most conservative president we've had since Reagan. That that attitude is going to get us killed, electorally speaking. Whoa, why are you being so negative? I'm not being negative. I'm being a realist. I had one guy on Twitter. Why is he talking about this now? Nobody's paying attention. Nobody's paying attention. Are you serious? We're in the middle of a presidential election where, where upwards of 20 Democrats are raising money, knocking on doors, and getting volunteers to win an election that's a little over a year away, and you think it's too early to talk? Go, you know what? You guys sit this one out, okay? Let us take care of the hard work. When I ran for Congress and almost upset John Delaney in a heavily Democratic district, I was running for two years. We knocked on 55,000 doors. What are you going to wait till November 1st to start doing that? What a joke. Now, the reason I'm bothered by this, ladies and gentlemen, is apathy and overconfidence is literally what cost the Democrats the election against Trump. I don't know what indicators you're looking at that lead you to believe it's going to be a landslide, but understand this. And if I get negative feedback on this, fine. I want to win. I'm not here to play patty cake with people. Hillary Clinton lost because 4 million Obama voters did not show up on election day. You know why? I know. I ran in that election cycle. They were like, Trump, what a loser. Right. He ain't going to win. Uh -huh. Folks, you damn well better be scared and anxious. I'm not talking. I said in my tweet, don't panic. I think Trump's in good shape. I think the economy's in good shape. I think barring a recession, re-election's a strong possibility. But you are doing everybody a huge disservice by saying that. I'm sorry. Folks, elections are won by people who are a little bit anxious. Elections are won by people, ah, he's going to win. They don't need my vote. And I also put in a tweet, if you're in a blue state, you matter too. We need to win the popular vote too. Why? It doesn't matter. No, it does matter. It's not going to determine the election. I get that. It's an electoral college vote. But folks, losing the popular vote was a political talking point the left has bludgeoned us over the head with ever since the election. 
Hillary beat Trump in the popular vote. He shouldn't, she shouldn't have. Folks, there's a couple of things that are worrying me. You may say, well, Dan, what are you basing this on? It's a facts and data show, right? Yeah, it means an opinion show, but I like to back it up. There are two things that have me anxious, not in a panic, and nobody should be panicking. I already told you one of them, but things that have me worried. Millions of Obama voters did not show up in the 2016 election. Folks, I'm telling you right now, do not fool yourself or your neighbors or any other Trump supporters for a minute and say, ah, you know what, they're going to stay home again. Listen to me. I promise you they aren't because they're in a panic and they're anxious. Those millions of Obama voters are going to show up and they could very well swing Michigan, Wisconsin, and Pennsylvania in a direction we don't like. Do not kid yourself. Second, a guy in the gym, again, yes, friend of mine, not knocking him. He said, oh, I don't believe the polls. Big, huge mistake. You don't believe the polls? What poll don't you believe? Well, the Fox polls were wrong last time. They were? Did you look at them? No, they weren't. I work at, I'm not defending Fox's poll. I have nothing to do with their polling unit. I'm just, if the facts don't suit you, that's fine. I'm just telling you, look it up yourself. The state polls were wrong. No question. The national polling was not wrong. Within the margin of error, the Fox polls predicted the national popular vote and they were correct. Go just look at them. Ladies and gentlemen, the polling now that should frighten you is the state polling. Why are you saying that, Dan? You just said two seconds ago the state polling was wrong. There's a reason the state polling was wrong last time, which leads me to believe the state polling this time is not wrong. What happened last time is clear. A lot of people, large swaths of voters were first-time voters. They were not showing up in the 2016 state polls as likely or registered voters. Why? Because they never voted before. Trump pulled these people out of the woodwork who loved him, who showed up to vote. Thankfully, we won. The polls were wrong in the states because those people were not showing up in the smaller sample sizes of the states. Folks, those people will show up in likely and registered voter polls this time. Why? Because they voted last time. Now, some of the polls are unquestionably, I think, oversampling Democrats. That's why I don't want anybody to panic. But and, 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 and a big end, and this is important. L- ladies and gentlemen, early polls now rarely, if ever, predict the outcome. But I think Reagan was losing to Carter by like 10 points and won an enormous landslide. So I don't want to panic. But I don't want you to ignore the polls. And go, oh, that's just total garbage crap. It Really? So what are you going to do? Then we're all just going to sit around and wait for the Trump election. We're not going to do it. Like, get anxious. I'm sorry. Get a little bit of anxiety. It motivates people to action. I was terrified in that congressional race about losing. That's why we went out there and I knocked personally on 7,000 doors. Mm-hmm. Folks, I have a picture up by Victor Davis Hanson uh, of, uh, you can see, of a piece at National Review. By the way, the show notes today are a must read. There's a lot of articles today, but they're all so good. Please read them. Victor Davis Hanson, unquestionably a Trump supporter, unquestionably at National Review. What could sink Trump's chances in 2020? August 22nd, 2019, National Review. Please read it. It talks about how if the economy takes a downturn, ladies and gentlemen, we could be in a little bit of trouble. Again, I'm going to leave this segment here. I'm not panicking. I'm not, oh, you're a fair weather Trump. I'm not. I have been with this president from the start when he advocates conservative causes, which he does more often than any president we've had in modern times. Don't cut the crap with that. Stop turning on each other. I'm unquestionably behind this president's reelection. I just, having run for office myself, understand that apathy loses every single time. And this idea that we're going to win in some kind of historic landslide, I I don't see at right now evidence for that. And I'm afraid people are going to stay home thinking, oh, my votes don't matter. The economy bumps up to 4 or 5% growth. Listen, we could, we could win 42, 43 states. Great. I will go back to the show and thank myself for being wrong. 
apathy loses. Let those polls scare you a little bit and be wary of those 4 million Obama voters that didn't show up. They're coming out this time. Make no mistake. All right. Um, just quickly doubling down on that. PJ Media has another. These will all be in the show notes today, by the way. Another great article up uh, today. Very well done by Brian Preston about why evangelicals support Trump. I've discussed this before, but in light of what I just said, folks, we that's a, a positive sign to not be Captain Negative today. Because I really, I'm not trying. I desperately want to see this president reelected. I just, tactically speaking, can't afford this apathy to sink in. Um, and we did get a lot of positive feedback on it. Evangelicals, I've discussed this, ladies and gentlemen. We have this wartime attitude right now in the trenches. There's a lot of questioning by Democrats and Ben Howe, who I, I know Ben. Ben's a good friend of mine. Uh, we may disagree on Trump, but I, you know, I don't let that get. I'm not a liberal. I don't let that get in the way of my personal relationship. Ben wrote a book about questioning evangelical supports, become a big topic of conversation. My suggestion to that, and a kind of a retort to to Ben's book. Um, is folks, we're in a different time now. It's not that liberals want to win a political argument. They want to silence and suppress you and literally take away your rights. Oh my gosh, that's hyperbolic. Is it? You have prominent Democrats, Eric Swalwell and others who was actually running for president, talking about gun confiscation plans. You have Bernie Sanders and Julian Castro talking about economic confiscation plans, 90% tax rates. That's confiscating your money. We have people talking about speech suppression. I'll get to later in the show. Bernie Sanders talking about wage boards to take over your, you know, your government running your business. When your rights are literally under attack, ladies and gentlemen, we, we stop worrying so much about the personal picadillos of the candidates we run. And the way I, the analogy I've used on the show, and I believe I'm right about analyzing why evangelicals, deeply religious people, are supporting Trump, is that, you know, when you're in wartime and you're in the trenches with someone and, you know, the bullets are coming your way, you don't necessarily worry about the guy next to you cheating on his wife. Shouldn't do it. Morally inexcusable. But you know what? Maybe when you're having him over for a coffee clutch and peach time, you may say, peace time, you may say to him, hey, buddy, that's not the right thing to do. But when you're sitting there in the trenches, you get what I'm saying, Joe? Is this making oh, sense? You yeah. don't worry about that. Yeah. You're like, shoot that way. Right. We talk about your sexual problems later, brother. That way, that's the enemy. <laughs> yeah. Trump is the guy who's shooting the other way. He's fighting back. Defunding Planned Parenthood, tax cuts, dere uh, deregulation, getting the government off people's backs, conservative judges. We need this guy. And and again, I, I Ben is a friend. This is a, a, a you know. I know some of you get mad. You, you picked the wrong folks. Listen, I'm not going to get into that. People <laughs> have political disagreements. Okay, I'm not. I'm serious. I'm not going to do the liberal thing where every single person on the other side is an evil, awful Nazi, racist, misogynist. I don't do that. Yeah, thank goodness. I just you know I just think yeah. he's wrong on this issue. I think evangelicals want to save lives um, and see this guy as a warrior for their cause, even though he has he's a sinner like all of us. We all are. But it's a good article. It's worth your time. Um, okay. Um, moving. <laughs> a little bit of a comic relief here uh, in the middle of the show. We always need some comic relief. The topics are so serious. <laughs> okay. So George Costanza speaks again, Joe. No! Um, you know, not actually George Costanza, but uh, the, the the goofball over at CNN. Um, I, I hate oh! to say, I you know, I just said don't make it personal. But this guy, what? what? You talking to me out there? Lord of the Idiots. Oh, oh sorry. She was sneezing. <laughs> it's coming up. <laughs> yes. 100%. I, the only reason I get on this guy personally is because he's such a doofus. <laughs> uh, really. He's the coffee boy at CNN. Of course I'm talking about Brian Stelter. The guy's a conspiracy theory promoting lunatic. He attacked Mark Levin hysterically about two years ago for suggesting there was a FISA warrant on Trump which is now a fact, well. has promoted, never apologized right. to him because he's a clown. The guy's a total joker. He he wants, this is a true story, by the way, when I filled in for Hannity for the first time, yeah. I think we were number two or number three. That was my first time guest yeah. hosting a show ever. Yeah. He made fun of me on Twitter because of it. We've been number one ever since. Every time I'm in, we've been number one and like two or three or one in the demo every single time. Yeah. And Stelter, George Costanza Stelter, this doofus has never spoken again about it because he's a clown. He has the third rated show in a three-way race on CNN. We have more weekly viewers than this guy does <laughs> at one one million to the cost of what these lunatics pay to put this coffee boy on TV. Amen. The biggest 
loser on television. Full stop. And that is amongst a lion's den of losers. <laughs> this guy, what was your thing? What are you, was that somebody, king of the idiots? Yeah, what is that? Well, yeah, I don't know. You, Let's do it again. Do you Lord have that? of the idiots. Lord of the idiots. Yes. <laughs> this guy in a village of the stupid is the shaman. He is a moron. And he, ne this guy never gets anything right. He is a doofus of the highest order. I only put him on the show for comic <laughs> relief. Where are we going with this? Where are we going? He comes on CNN yesterday. Again, at, at 10 people in an airport in Tuscaloosa were watching this without the volume on. They have no audience at all. They hired Andy McCabe, disgraced deputy director of the FBI today, as a contributor. That's hysterical. <laughs> CNN, I'm not kidding. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Hysterical, right? Let me just get to this video. Here's Costanza, hysterically suggesting that Sean Spicer, former press spokesman for the Trump uh, presidency, should not be allowed on Dancing with the Stars because he lied. But don't worry, Joe, other administrations, Bill Clinton, I did not have sexual relations with that woman. Obama, <laughs> you know, if you like your play, you keep it. That, that, none of them, don't worry, they're nothing Asshole. on par with the Trump. Yeah. Here's Costanza, king of the stupids, speaking on CNN. ABC has George Stephanopoulos, who was uh, at the White House, of course, during the Clinton years. There's many examples of this. The difference, of course, is the Trump White House's uh, record of, of misleading the public. All administrations spin. This administration lies consistently, whether it's Sanders or Spicer or otherwise. White House aides. And it's all led from the top by a president who lies even about the weather and the time of day. That, I think, is why this does deserve outrage and backlash. Obviously, Sanders going to Fox is not surprising. Uh, there's been a revolving door between Fox and the Trump White House for several years. But it should still be surprising that somebody who misled the public and defended a man who calls the press the enemy uh, would land these kinds of jobs. Let me just say, though, Spicer, you know, he's not at the top of his career right now. You don't go to Dancing with the Stars when you're at your peak. As one source said to me, it's more like dancing with the down and out. This is the kind of job you take when you might not have many other options. But hey, maybe he's got an incredible dancing talent that we don't know about. I guess we'll find out, Brianna. You're a loser. <laughs> Play that again. Play it again. You're a loser. Play it again. You're a loser. One more time. You're a loser. <laughs> yeah. Dude, can we get a double Muttley too on uh, that one? Sure, we man. Let me get a double. This here. is a two Muttley. Here we go, baby. Number yeah, one. Please. Number two. You know what? This is a triple Muttley. Where do they find oh, these people? These oh man, this is the funniest clip I have ever seen. Costanza, <sighs> who hosts. The third rated show. In a, it's only a three-way race, meaning you're last. Yet it's not the bronze medal. You're literally a You know, I competed in the police Olympics yeah. in New York State, and the guy pulled his hamstring in the middle of the race, yeah. and he was the only other guy in my category, and I wound up, I'm not kidding, I wound up winning the competition because he dropped out. <laughs> I, I'm being self-deprecating. Yeah, Remember that, Paula? The guy pulled his hamstring because I didn't win. The shame. guy ripped his hamstring. Oh. This dude is in a three-way race and always finishes last on <laughs> CNN. He has a show. I'm not kidding. Our weekly audience is bigger than this loser. We have a podcast at one, what, one thousandth, one millionth <laughs> of the cost these idiots to put on his Coffee Boy show, and we're smoking this loser. And he talks about Sean Spicer not having career opportunities. Oh! But Brian Stelter, if he got fired tomorrow, Brian Stelter would be selling hot dogs on 46th and 6th. He'd have a sabrette stand. And by the way, <laughs> I love people who work for a living. Yeah. I mean, you guys are better than this, than, than this dip. Oh, my God. <laughs> Stelter talking about career opportunities. This guy was the coffee boy for the CEO of CNN. He... Do you understand he only has a show on CNN because he's become fodder for the other networks who make fun of him? This is the biggest, this is the king of the idiots. If there was a <laughs> village of idiots, I'm telling you, this guy's the witch doctor. He is the, he is the monarch of the village of idiots. He is captain idiot. Oh, Talking about dude. Spicer. Dan, showing you again. Ugh. This, by the way, hysterically, this guy's show is titled Reliable Sources. Whatever the joke is, it's on all Reliable Sources. That's the title of the sketch. Really? Show. Then he makes fun of Fox. He goes, 
Sarah Sanders is working for Fox. Gee, we expect that. You just hired Andy McCabe. The guy is literally under federal investigation for lying. And CNN, a news network, just hired. Oh, my gosh. That says that You says just volumes. hired a dude <laughs> who is literally <laughs> under investigation for lying. And you're talking about <laughs> credibility issues with Sarah Sanders at Fox? Oh. Hey, can you can you hear it in the office? You know, we uh, we need a little credibility here. Uh, well, <laughs> what do you think of this McCabe guy? <laughs> Perfect. You know, two thumbs up. And then and Potato Head Stelter <laughs> walks in there. I thought I got a great. That's a great idea. Uh, we'll go with what it. a reliable source he is. <laughs> uh, we're going to have an issue putting him on here. He's actually under investigation for lying. Let's put him on reliable sources. It'll be perfect. Oh, oh my gosh. And then you got Costanza <laughs> opening. You think he'd be hiding this? Uh, there's more more and he goes on talking about the trump administration's problems with credibility this loser promoted the conspiracy hoax for two years yeah for two years this complete life loser coffee boy he promoted the hoax for two years you're talking about credibility issues with spicer this guy shouldn't even be on this guy's not worthy of the national Enquirer. You're talking about credibility. And you know, we didn't have any problem with Obama and the other. Really? I just put a short list. Benghazi, the IRS lies, the Obamacare lies, the Benghazi lies, the Spygate lies. I do not have sexual relations with that woman, uh, Miss Lewinsky. Really? You're celebrating George George Stephanopoulos and his ABC hiring who worked for Clinton when he did not have sexual relations with that woman? Are you serious? Are it's, it's 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 Stelter eating enhanced brownies, if you know what I mean. See, but as he's as he's running coffee to the CNN <sighs> CEO, folks, I saw this yesterday, and I I I just if this one clip does not summarize for you why CNN is a failure of a network watched by ten people in the East Tuna Fish Airport on silent who are not even looking at the TV screen, nothing else does. A total, complete, utter lack of self-awareness by Potato Head, Captain of the Stupids, <laughs> Lieutenant Colonel of the Stupids, George Costanza Stelter. Loser. Loser. You tweet at me? You want to dance? You want to tango? We'll tango. I don't forget anything. I saw that tweet. Ah, Dan Bongino, hosting for Hannity, finish number two, whatever. No, notice every time oh, yeah. we finish number one, if they never mentioned it again, Potato Head Costanza, who finishes three in a three-way, not, not the bronze medal, the loser in a three-way race. Loser. Look at the race. Go to my buddy, uh, his account at Twitter, at Road MN. Road like a street road. Mm-hmm. At Road MN. M like Mary and like, look at that account. You want to see the TV ratings? He puts a spreadsheet up every day. I like him. CNN isn't even in the top 10. Uh-uh. The top 10. At Fox's six o'clock hour on Fox and Friends beats CNN's prime time. CNN's the bowels of the ratings. The bowels. The bowels. It's, it's, it's the colon. Of the, <laughs> exactly. It is the opening at the end of you. It's not even the bowels. <laughs> Potato Head Costanza talking about CNN being Captain Credible. And Joe, that was funny. I got an idea. <laughs> Let's hire Andy McCain. Hey. Isn't he under investigation for lying? We're CNN, man. Who cares? We've only promoted the Spygate hoax for two years. We might as well jump all in. the best we're going to do. Does this not sum up the problem with the media? Amen, bro. Potato head, Costanza. You got it. Loser. Loser. You're a loser. Jerk. I never started squat with this guy. You want to tango with me? Let's tango. Dope. (laughs) Yeah, I'm a little mad today. Yeah. By the way, don't miss me on Hannity Night, 9 o'clock. Please tune in. You always make us number one. Costanza doesn't recognize that, of course, because he's number 72. But uh, I'd appreciate it. Or set your DVR watch for you tonight. All right. Today's show also brought to you by our buddies at Genucel. Genucel. Newsflash, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. People, look at your jawline. It simply tells your age. You don't want that on your jawline, you know? Uh. Now, during Genucel's summer blowout sale... 
It's here, folks. That's right. Get a $30 instant coupon. It's a big savings. It's applied automatically to your web or phone orders. It's really that easy. Go to GenuCell.com. GenuCell.com. G-E-N-U-C-E-L.com. Here is Cheryl, the famous Cheryl from Fort Wayne, Indiana. Whoa. First time I tried it. I could immediately feel the tightening sensation. Tight. I've been using it for a week and the results are already visible. My jawline looks so much younger. Using MDL technology in Chamonix's proprietary base, GenuCell's new jawline treatment specifically targets the delicate skin around the neck and jaw for tight, tight, healthy, younger-looking skin. Listen, your neck can age you sometimes. Results guaranteed or 100%. Ciento, poor Ciento of your money back. No questions asked. Call now and the classic GenuCell for bags and puffiness is free with your order. And to start seeing results in 12 hours or less, GenuCell Immediate Effects is also free. Go to GenuCell.com. Here's your promo code for $30 off this instant coupon, DAN30, D-A-N-30. Enter promo code DAN30 at checkout. That's $30 off an instant coupon automatically off your order in August. Go to GenuCell.com. That's GenuCell.com. Enter DAN30 at checkout. Like my Spanish? I love when my wife speaks Spanish. Yeah, that's cool, man. Yeah. I dig that. It is. Very sexy. Do you know that, Paula? I never told you that before. Oh. She's fluent. That was her for native language, you know, and she came here at this interesting time in her life. Yeah. So she doesn't have an accent in either language. She really, Paula would be the perfect translator because she has no Spanish accent, but she doesn't really have a New York accent where she grew up either. No. So you're the perfect translator. You have her brother who came here before, you know, when he was a little older and already had kind of, you know, the language effect. Mm-hmm. Her brother speaks perfect English, but does have a bit of a thick accent. Um, but Paula doesn't have an accent at all. So she speaks ber- both languages perfectly, perfectly fluently with no, a- it's unbelievable. I never told her that, but I like, she's always a, you know, st- people, uh, when she, when she speaks, but uh, it makes date night. Where's my Duke County? Where's the Duke? Oh, no. We need the Duke oh, for no. Saturday here, night. You know, here, the Duke. here we go. Here we go. Every, you, you regular <laughs> Duke didn't even pay for this, but it doesn't matter. We love it so much. Oh, they've paid. They have no idea. All right, moving on. What's my next story? Oh, you know, I love these evergreen topic. Yeah. Longitudinally throughout my show for years. What did Joe and I love more than anything? The language wars. Oh. The li- and by love, we mean hate. The li- these are the best stories ever. How liberals try to change the language. I know now, where you're going. Here's another one. From- yeah, you saw this one. Uh, Washington yeah. Times. <laughs> Cheryl Chumley, the Washington Times, August 22nd, 2019. San Francisco, where felons are now, quote, Justice involved, and there's no shame in crime, folks. The language oh wars are and, and very few things Goodness. embed themselves and get under my skin in a more painful way, like a tick, than the liberal language wars. Tucker had a fantastic segment with uh, the inimitable Mark Stein last night in his show discussing exactly this, where they hammered some of the points you've heard on this show before. Liberals now in San Francisco don't want you referring to felons as felons, they're quote, justice involved. Um, People and now when they add in the pronouns, it's going to be fascinating. Day is a justice involved Day. You're not going to be able to talk in San Francisco to a liberal without getting a, a language police fund. It reminds me of that movie Demolition Man huh. with Sylvester <laughs> Stallone when he comes back in the future and he can't figure out these ridiculous PC language codes and the robots keep like, you can't say that. We all laughed at that, Joe, yeah. except it's actually happening now. There's going to be a robot around the street in San Francisco. You're going to be like, oh my gosh, a felon just went, $15 fine. You can't say felon. That's just as well. Yeah, but he, uh, you can't say he. It's Zhizhou Zhodei. So Zhizhou, though, move that. You can't say move. That's a capitalist thing. Socialist, we don't move, but you can't say move. The, uh, maybe all you're completely paralyzed. Mm-hmm. And ladies and gentlemen, that's the point. Yes. Liberals change the rules on language like these San Francisco lunatics because why? They want to appear to virtue signal. Well, we can't felons. You commit it if you're a felon. That's what you are. Do you not listen? By the way, don't mistake what I'm saying. I have, I mentioned this thing about addicts yesterday. I've said before, and I mean this a thousand percent. There are good people who've made bad mistakes who are felons. You are always welcome here. Always. God gave everybody a second chance. I'm not virtue signaling myself. I'm not. I'm telling you how I personally feel. You may feel different. Jesus Christ on his cross forgave a man who asked for forgiveness just seconds before his death. If it's an act of true redemption, God will forgive you. And if God can, so can I. 
That's why some people don't like it. When I, I think, you know what, you served your time. I think some people should be allowed to vote again regarding certain conditions. And I know that it doesn't, you know, upset some people, but people can redeem themselves. Listen, I'm a sinner mm-hmm. too. Having said that though, you are a felon by definition. It doesn't mean you're an awful person for the rest of your life. It's a simple definition of your status as a former criminal. It matters. Yeah. It matters because some people are concerned and some people have concerns about criminality in their neighborhood and people with a history of it. Doesn't mean you're an awful person for the rest of your life. It's a simple descriptor, and we're not going to engage in snowflake language to dance around the issue either. There are some former felons who've gone on to do great things. But liberals do this for a very specific reason. They change the rules on the fly. I'm not going to tell the story I always tell because they want to appear like the woke ones, but more importantly, they want you to appear like the bad guy. Now, when you say felon in the future, I assure you the liberals are going to say racist, misogynist, istophobic, phobophobe. Look at him. He's not aware of the virtue signaling language. They do this to paint you as the outsider. It's done as a political tactical advantage. It's an old tactic by Alinskyites and communists to single out people who are not part of the woke cause to make them look like the outsiders that are coming after you. In other words, don't don't vote for them. Look how much they hate you. They called you a felon. I just told you, we don't hate you. You are welcome here. God forgives. And so do we. Mm -hmm. But having said that, that doesn't make the past disappear. And you shouldn't want that either. Not that you should be stigmatized by the worst moments in your life. But we can't all pretend those worst moments didn't happen either. You have to understand that had a penalty for real people. If you were convicted of a serious felony, that had an impact on someone's real life. That shouldn't go away either. Of course, we'll always be fair to you. You're always welcome here. But we have to be fair to other people too. Actions have consequences. When you recognize those consequences, life will change and true redemption is possible. But snowflakery nonsense, justice involved individual, what the hell does that mean? I was justice involved. I worked for uh, the Secret Service. I was involved with the justicism. But I am not a felon. There's a difference. One describes a prior conviction and another describes just a generic set of activities. It could mean anything. There's no way to have a coherent conversation like that. But that's exactly what the left wants. I love those stories. I love them because they're just so, they're epidemic now. By the way, that's the show notes today are killer. Please check them out. Oh, you can't say killer. Xi Zhao's oh, day. Oh, yeah. It's awful. Violence, violence. Like conservatives ask for violence. Easy, Ugh. buddy. Easy, Jeez. buddy. Easy, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> and spe- All right. I, I had so much more. Ooh. I got a little, Costanza, I went off a little bit. That Ooh, was fun, man. Time this out. That was fun. I know I needed to because I'm yeah. so sick yeah, of the media. Yeah, you do. You need it I know about while. the John Solomon story too, by the way. I'm going to get to that on Monday because I'm trying to shake some trees. John Solomon had a story in The Hill. It's in the show notes today if you want to read it, get you ready for Monday. But about the Hillary email investigation, has some major stuff going. I'm just trying to shake some trees on it. I didn't forget that, so don't think I missed it. All right, let's do this one um, because I like to close on kind of a, a, a bit of a, a, a serious but in some ways, tragically comical note. Folks, liberals are frauds. I've told you that over and over. This language police virtue signaling stuff is not done to make you believe they're, they're your betters. They're, make, they're made to believe that you're worse. You call them felons. Oh my God, look how awful you are. Look how great I am. Liberals are frauds. They're phonies. They're fakes. I'm not talking about all Democrats. I never do. I never mean that. I shouldn't have to put the caveat in, but I do mean that. I'm just talking about this radical leftist wing that's taking over the party. AOC plus three, Bernie Sanders, the Swalwell types, you know, the people who have, no, they're just liars and frauds. Well, here are two stories that, again, should hammer home to you that looking in the mirror, if you are a liberal, that you believe in a golden calf and if a false, you believe in ball or whatever. You believe in a false (laughs) God. The Obamas, big distribute the wealth people, remember? You didn't build that. We got to share the wealth. Well, apparently not for the Obamas. Hey, New York Post, again, story in the show notes. Barack and Michelle Obama are buying a 15 $15 $15 million estate in Martha's Vineyard by Hannah R. Alberts, August 22nd, 2019. Read the story in the show notes today. Folks, listen to me. Again, congratulations, Barack and Michelle Obama. Mm-hmm. I'm not kidding. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good, for you. Good for you. I am a capitalist. You apparently have found people willing to give you money because they find value in your books 
your Netflix movies, whatever you mm-hmm. do, I find no value in it. I'm zero. I would not. You could not pay me to read an Obama. I'm not kidding. There's no amount of money you can give me to read these. I, I can't. I'm not interested at all about Obama's ideas. On I, I'm not. I'm interested in what he did and how awful it was. But other people do. People like Obama's stuff. Netflix gave him a boatload of money. Their books make a fortune. Mm-hmm. Michelle Obama's book was number one. Great. Mm -hmm. Congratulations. I have no problem with that. What I have a problem with are these fake phonies like they are constantly talking about, you got to share the wealth. You're not sharing the wealth. You don't need an assault rifle. You don't need a a $500 million salary. No, you do. Who needs a $15 million house? Listen, ladies and gentlemen, Paul and I do okay. We don't live above our means. And I'm not, I certainly don't need a lesson from anybody on the left about what I need or don't need. Mm. But Obama, apparently, who spends far more than we do on a home, he doesn't... He, do you understand, like, his set of principles are not principles because he doesn't live by them himself? Mm-hmm. You don't need a $15 million house. Hey, uh, when are we doing a closing on the $15 million house? This guy's a phony. They're total fakes. Folks... You can get, I've been to Martha's Vineyard. I did the lead advance there for the Obamas when they went there. I was there for three weeks. Yeah. Very nice. There's a whole bunch of, Edgetown, as they call, a whole bunch of different parts. What is it, Oak Bluffs or something? Martha's Vineyard is a small place, but there's different places. I love it. There's like little pockets. So yeah, it's very nice, Martha's Vineyard. It's beautiful. Martha's Vineyard property is obviously limited and is extremely expensive. But you can get a decent property on Martha's Vineyard for four or five million. Why not donate the extra ten million to charity? Oh, nobody does that. So what you're saying is, in, uh, human beings, right, are naturally concerned with the well-being of themselves or their families. Yeah, that's why we need government. Wait, wait, what? Government run by the exact same human beings you said are concerned by themselves and their families. So when they get in government, they become what angels? They're deigned with Justice League-like superpowers? Uh, yeah, I just crossed myself up. Yeah, you did. You did. Nomiki Konst was a, a leftist who I, I've, I've met before when she used to do Fox. She was on Fox with Tucker once, and I played this clip a while ago on the show, where she said the same thing. Well, people are only concerned, the gist of it was people are only concerned about the well-being of their families, you know, their neighbors and themselves. That's why we need we need government to take their wealth. Ladies and gentlemen, do you understand how that knocks their own point? These very same people she's claiming are in it for the cause who are going to take other people's money and give it to the poor people when they are in charge of living their own lives. Don't do it themselves. And then when they get in government, they don't inherit any special powers. They're not part of the Justice League. They're not the Avengers. They can't figure it out. That's why we limit the decisions of of people who are fallible in public to areas of mass public consensus, military, post roads, courts. And we don't let them take other people's money because Nomiki's right. People will act in their own interests, even when they get in the government. That's not my only look at the fraud story. Last one, and we got to run show one a little late today, but Bernie Sanders, Bernie Sanders. We can, we got to oh. spread the wealth. We got to spread the wealth. <laughs> Bernie Sanders, I don't like those mil- oh, millionaires. You just said millionaire, Bernie. Whoops. You're a millionaire. I don't like those billionaires. I can't stamp it. Bernie, a week ago you said millionaires. But I am a millionaire. Therefore, <laughs> I got to get the millionaires out of my critique of millionaires and billionaires. I only dislike billionaires. Bernie, what happens when you become a billionaire? Then I won't like trillionaires. No. I will stop talking about billionaires. Communist, socialist millionaire Bernie Sanders. This is from Peter List's Labor Union Report in the show notes again, August 22nd, 2019. Bernie Sanders plans wage boards to set wages, benefits, and hours across entire industries. <laughs> Holding 10 yards on, on the, the field. field. Bernie Sanders, a replay first down. Red flag on the oh. field, reviewing the play. Subsequent uh, a delinquent hypocr- uh, hypocritical hypocrisy from Bernie Sanders. Is this guy kidding me? 
Bernie Sanders, I have never had a real job in my entire life, uh, but we're going to establish business wage boards to determine how you pay your workers. <laughs> this dude has never had a job, a real job, in his whole life. Oh, hey. And he wants national wage boards we got a to establish what you are going to pay. We got a ruling. What is it? It's official. You suck. <laughs> Fraud alert! Fraud hey! alert! By the way, Joe, um, some guy, John, very nice. Yeah. By the way, thank you for the steak thing. Please don't. That was unnecessary. I, he knows what I mean. Okay. This guy, John, send me a hat for you. Uh, Paula, you got... Oh, she can't get uh, away from me. It's, uh, we have an ombudsman hat for you. It's really nice. Thank cool. you. Please, folks, you don't have to send stuff. It's super, yeah. but I ordered yeah. a P.O. box. <laughs> but you all agree. Bernie Sanders, a fraud. This dude has uh, never had a real job in his life, and now he's going to tell you how to run your business. What a joke. Dad. Oh, read these stories in the show notes. Stack show today. I promise on Monday I'll get to the Solomon bombshell. I'm just, again, shaking some trees. I've got some other stuff, too, about the U.S. economy, some good signs and some... Some explanations about why interest rates are so. It's going to be important, so don't miss Monday's show. All right, folks, please subscribe to our YouTube channel. Please, I really appreciate YouTube.com slash Bongino. Subscribe to our audio show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and SoundCloud. And don't miss Hannity Night, 9 o'clock. Please make us number one. Don't break the streak. I'll be very disappointed. You all are the best. <laughs> I love you to death. You make a superstar out of me every time. I'll see you all on Hannity Night, 9 p.m., Fox News Channel. Thanks a lot. See you on Monday. Good day, sir. You just heard the Dan Bongino Show. You can also get Dan's podcasts on iTunes or SoundCloud. And follow Dan on Twitter 24-7 at DBongino.